This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM 740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can also listen to us on 96.7 FM. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Naz, good morning. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. A lot of things uh, in sports at the end of the week. Uh, Leafs didn't have a great game last night. NFL playoffs uh, got off uh, got off to an interesting start. Wow. Uh, certainly uh, a, a controversial game last night between the Bengals and the uh, and the Steelers. And we've got Joe Theismann in the middle of the hour, and certainly we're looking forward to discussing that with him. Uh, the uh, Mark Shapiro era has started uh, with the Blue Jays and an interesting move, uh, bringing in a relief pitcher from the Nationals in exchange for Ben Revere. We've got a national championship game tomorrow night and your favorite team, Alabama. And we've got the Toronto Raptors, who uh, won a couple of back-to-backs uh, uh, at the end of the week and last night beat the, uh, beat the 76ers. And who hasn't beat the 76ers? <laughs> the Washington Generals could beat the 76ers. Uh, and uh, so we mentioned we're going to be talking to Joe Theismann and uh, also going to be talking to Dave Mishkin, the radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's going to be on right after the first break. And... Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to take some calls. I'd uh, love to catch up with some of our listeners and uh, see what's on their mind. A uh, lot's transpired. Um, certainly, we're going to be talking about that Cincinnati Bengal-Pittsburgh Steeler game at length. Uh, but just uh, just very, very briefly, uh, Naz, I know you were watching a bit of the Leafs last night. I was... Uh, uh, where I was, uh, where I was watching, there were more football fans than 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 hockey fans, and I guess fortunately or unfortunately, I was watching the football game because the Leaf game uh, left a little bit of a sour taste in uh, yeah. In that Leaf first, fans, that, seven to nothing. What that, happened? Next? That first goal, Fanuf looked like he was uh, standing still as Burns went right around him. But it reminds me. Uh, of a few months ago when we we made a trip out to the Mastercard Center, but I'll leave it at that. The, the, the Leafs were playing their third game in uh, four nights, and after playing L.A., and I saw that L.A. game. That was one hell of a game, and a physical game. Uh, L.A.'s pretty pretty tough, and the Leafs, I think, uh, were worn out for last night. So they got to refresh and come back Wednesday night and play against, I believe, Columbus here at the ACC, and then the, the Leafs play Chicago Friday night. So it should be refreshed, and let's uh, go at it again. Uh, Bernier last night. I mean, uh, is this a pattern of his? He, you know, if he gets if he gets down a couple of goals, he doesn't uh, doesn't make the big saves to keep the keep the team in the game. Um, 
just seems like uh, you know he's he's you he mean had a couple of great performances. Yeah, the Pittsburgh game especially. Yeah, and um, if the team hangs in the game, but if the team gets behind, it, it doesn't seem like the, the the one like if they're down two nothing or whatever that he'll make that big big save to keep them in the game till they turn it around. Do you find that with Bernier? Yeah, I do. I, I, it's, it looks like he gives up after three goals, and I don't know if that's a, a pattern, but it's, it sure seems that way anyway. Yeah, certainly. So the Leafs are back from their West Coast swing, and uh, we'll see where they go from here to the trade deadline. Certainly, uh, there uh, there's some there's some uh, rumors and uh, strategies that the Leaf management's going to have to deal with and come up with. And uh, you know, you know, they're right on the bubble right now. It's like you know, do you tear the team up? Do you do you, do you run it? Uh, uh, run it through and try and make the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's it's early in the debate now, but that debate's certainly going to heat up in February. And the, and the debate that's really going to heat up, which we're going to be talking to uh, Dave Mishkin, the radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who's uh, who's join who's going to yeah, be joining us this some morning. Strong stuff going out there. There's there's a lot of stuff going on down in uh, down in Tampa, and uh, the big guy is Steve Stamkos, and the other guy that's. Uh, on the rumor mill, third overall draft choice a few years back, uh, Drewan, um, he seems to be on the outs with uh, with Eisman. I don't get it, Naz. What's going on down there? I don't get it either because I, you know, we're going to ask Dave, but Drewan to me is uh, is a great player and hasn't been given the opportunity. I saw him in the highlights in the American League, and boy, oh boy, I, that guy skates by everybody. Yeah, I, I think I don't I, get it. I, I think when you're when you know, I I, I don't get general managers. Um, you know, like this, this, you know, you can't make these Tyler Sagan type mistakes. You know, sometimes, you know, you know, you got a twice. Player, yeah. You know, you got a player with talent. Um, you got to work with them. Uh, you don't ship him out of town before he's matured. And, you know, that, that I, to me, that cost Shirelli his job in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, shipping Tyler Sagan out, who's turned into one of the best hockey players in the game. You know, skill level, man. You can't teach skill. Yeah, Drew uh, definitely has skill. And, uh, and and you move them out of town, and you almost never get back and return what they're worth. But uh, we've got a few sh- uh, short minutes before we go to break, and there's a topic I think we need to talk about uh, to squeeze it in a little bit today because it's the first move for the Blue Jays. Uh, and it generally has received... Very, very, very good reviews amongst uh, Blue Jays fans. Uh, of course, that's the move. Uh, the, the closer, Storin, I believe his name is. Storin. Storin's right. coming in from the from uh, from the National League, and Ben Revere is going the other way. And I think there's a throwing involved there somewhere. But uh, uh, so far, so good. It seems uh, generally positive reviews about that move. Naz, I know you. I know you're a big. Uh, uh, baseball, uh, baseball guru and uh, Blue Jays guy. Tell this us a little bit about your analysis this, of that move. This guy's uh, ball dances around the plate. He's that good. He has so much movement on on his, uh, on, on his on his pitches. People will be happy because he's one of those gung ho type of guys, and gung ho guys in Toronto in Toronto do very well. And uh, his first tweet was, uh, he's beginning to like Drake. More and more, so so the the track he's record. A, he's a, he loves coming here, and that's good. Uh, the track record for Storin, of course, was uh, I mean until the I guess the Nats brought in what Papelbaum at the end of the year last year, and uh, that sure backfired, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it didn't quite work out. But uh, this guy throws a little bit of heat, ninety-four mile an hour fastball. Um, you know, shores up uh, a, a, a gap in the bullpen. You know, we lost some arms at the end of the season. Uh, yeah. 
Um, so you know you got you got you got Osuna back down there. You got uh, well that that raises the question of Sanchez. It makes it I, easier to move him into the rotation if that's if that's the plan. There is a quote from uh, Jeff Blair, the fan, that they are trying to move R. E. Dickey to the National League, and that's possible that that could happen. And if it does, that means Sanchez goes to as a starter. And it uh, looks like their uh, bullpen is solidified. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not so sure it's completely solidified yet, but it's certainly a positive move. Um, we lost we lost a few arms from the end of last season, and uh, you know, um, you know, you know, you never have enough arms. So you know, if you know, this is the start. Maybe a couple more. Um, definitely, it looks like they need they need some. Uh, what are that? An innings killer. You know, they lost lost Burley's two hundred innings. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about Jay, uh, Jay Happ. The, I know you're not a big fan of his, but, uh, you no. know, hopefully on his second go around with the Jays, uh, he can, he can burn up some innings. I, I, you know, it's a move, it's a move in the right direction. I still think they need a couple more arms. But Wally, when you say burning up innings, the burning up innings have to be positive innings. They can't be burning up 200 innings and losing 19 games. That's not the, the answer. I think the answer is the guy who can pitch into the sixth, seventh inning, and pitch effectively. That's what yeah. we want. We don't want a guy who's going to pitch 200 innings and have an ERA of uh, seven. You know, it doesn't doesn't pan out. In any event, it uh, it's a positive move by all accounts. Um, I'm sure there'll be further moves to come. So uh, hopefully, uh, the the Blue Jay management uh, keeps this momentum going forward. And uh, certainly, there's uh, room for optimism that we're going to carry over last season's. Uh, Great, thrilling finish into into the new year. Anyways, it's time for our first break. Uh, we'll be right back after the break with uh, radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Dave Mishkin. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. Pound three six three six. No. Pound three six three six. No. Let's go ring to it. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. 
Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. You, we are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, once again, you can tune us in on 96.7 FM. With us this morning, Dave Mishkin, the radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Good morning, David. Good morning, guys. How's it going? It's going good. Listen, thank you so much. We know you're out on the West Coast, and we know it's, you've gotten up really early for us, and we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, good result for Tampa Bay last night. Tell us a little bit about the game. Yeah, because you had to keep the coffee brewing to, <laughs> to stay up and watch the end of it on the East Coast. You know, the Lightning last year, for all the things they did very well and last year, you know, they had 50 wins, over 100 points. Uh, they did struggle in the second game of back-to-backs, and they've been able to post three wins now in, in the second game of back-to-backs. They had a win in Toronto, actually, back in December, uh, finishing up a back-to-back on the road where they were facing a rested team, and they did it again last night. And I thought they, they competed really hard. Uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes a tough draw. All teams have to go through it when, you know, you're the team playing the second game, traveling, and you're facing a team that's rested. And, you know, what comes around goes around. The Lightning get teams at home who are in the same boat. And when that happens, usually the circumstances are in your favor. You have to try and take advantage of it. Uh, and the Canucks were not able to do that uh, last night. I thought the Lightning had points in the game where they really carried play. Uh, they had a very good power play in the third period that, that got them a 2-1 to lead. They scored a second after the power play ended. Uh, the Canucks were able to tie it on kind of an isolated chance with just under three minutes left in the third. And, you know, these three-on-three overtimes, uh, coaches try and take chaos out of it as much as they can by kind of possessing the puck and calming things down. And, you know, last night's overtime was not – chaos free <laughs> there were some scoring chances back and forth and, and ultimately the lightning you know were able to score on on one of their chances to to win a game they desperately needed you know because uh, they have to try and keep pace with the teams that are are ahead of them in the atlantic division and frankly try and maintain an advantage over the teams directly behind them in the atlantic division of which toronto is one 
So uh, it's a tough road trip to come out here, and you know the Lightning have the three California or the three Western Canadian teams, and they finish in Colorado on Tuesday. And to this point, they've won two of the first three, which is uh, you know certainly the makings of a of a pretty good trip so far. Yeah, Dave, that overtime goal, uh, what a poor line change by the Vancouver Canucks, allowing I think it was Kuchero scored in overtime to break in and score. Um, well, you know, three-on-three three is, is tricky because it's like the second period, so your bench is by the offensive zone, and look, I didn't see any post-game quotes. It was the Sedin twins, but there was a long, drawn-out puck battle in the lightning defensive zone, and, and when we think of the three-on-three, three, we think of, you know, wide open, um, you know, lots of skating, or at the very least, if a team wants to hold on to the puck, they can kind of be very deliberate about holding on to the puck. But I tell you what, puck battles are really important in three-on-three because three, if you actually get into a puck battle with an opponent, the winner of that puck battle could very much have an advantage, whether the puck battle is in the offensive zone or the defensive zone. And Alex Edler and Anton Strawman were in a puck battle for the last like 15 seconds. I mean, they were just grinding it out in the corner. And ultimately, you know, the Lightning came up with the puck. They're 200 feet from from the, the Vancouver net. And, look, again, I don't know for sure, but maybe the Sedin twins thought everyone's going to go off the ice. For yeah, that's what happened. They I'm were sure. tired. And, and you know, the Lightning decided to hang in there. They didn't go off the ice for a change. They decided to attack. And, you know, Kucherov got behind Edler. And that's a tough one for Edler. I mean, he's just been in a puck battle for, like, 15 seconds, you know, all the way at the other end of the ice, and he had nothing left. He couldn't catch Kucherov, so they went for it. And uh, speaking of the Lightning, you know, they didn't go for the line change. They didn't slow it down and, and deliberately, you know, get two guys off, and then the puck carrier hands it off and goes to the bench. You see that sometimes. They decided to go for it. And they were able to catch the Canucks on that particular play. Dave, uh, we have two players that have been talked about, uh, and I'm sure you've been uh, asked this question many times, but our listeners would like to know. Jonathan Drouin and Steve Stamkos, the rumors are flying around here, especially this morning. Like There's a talk of a trade between Detroit, a blockbuster seven-player trade reported by the Hockey News here with uh, Stamkos and Drouin involved. Uh, what's, what is actually going on, and how is it affecting the team? Well, in terms of how it's affecting the team, uh, again, I'm not in the locker room, you know, right before the game or, you know, intermission or anything like that. I can just tell you what, what I'm seeing on the ice. The issues the Lightning have had, and, and it's not really the Druin thing because that's been a more recent development. Yeah, The Lightning have not scored enough this year. And I think that, as much as anything else, is the reason why, you know, they've been hovering around 500 most of the year. And, you know, Steven Stamkos has been, first of all, he's been – very patient and accommodating and um, straightforward, I think, when he's had questions about his you know, contract situation. But that happens, you know, usually in, in the morning. Um, and, and I answer the question this way, you know, when Anton Strawman's trying to make an outlet pass to Alex Kalorn, I don't think either one of them is thinking about, you know, Steven Stamkos' contract situation. These guys are professionals and, particularly if the contract negotiation doesn't involve them. I, I don't get the sense that really it affects the, the locker room or the players at all. 
Now, as far as what's going to happen, I mean, I, I'm not in the fortune telling business, <laughs> and my pay grade does not allow me <laughs> to have any sort of inside information about what might be going on. Uh, having said that, you know, I follow the news and, and you know, watch the interviews. Steve Eiserman did one on, on Hockey Night yesterday. Um, and I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. I will say this, though, for, from the Jonathan Druin uh or for the Jonathan Druin situation, Jonathan Druin is not the first unhappy player ever to play in the NHL. And I think Steve Eiserman has made it clear, and he said it again last night in his interview, that you know if a trade happens, it's not going to be a trade to make Jonathan Druin happy. It's going to be a trade to make the Tampa Bay Lightning better. So, you know, Steve doesn't have to make a move, and if the deal isn't a right one, I don't think that he will. Uh, now look, if you have 29 teams who get into a bidding war over Jonathan Druin <laughs> and, you know, it's a deal that's unbelievable for, for Steve Eiserman, and yeah, I think it's certainly possible he could make a trade, but I have no idea, you know, what kind of calls he's getting. And frankly, if, if someone's reporting it, they're probably getting it from the other side because he is usually, you know, very close to the vest about, you know, revealing anything that's going on. And I think that's been the case with the Stamkos negotiation. Something else he talked about in that interview yesterday, that, you know, both the Lightning and the Stamkos camp have been very um, respectful of the process and have not really, you know, spoken to the media about about the negotiation. Now we're talking to uh, Dave Mishkin, the, the radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I, just from uh, from a Toronto perspective, Dave. Uh, I mean, I don't know how the fans feel about it down in Tampa Bay, but um, I just, I just, we, I, I got to be quite frank with you. I kind of find it odd. Um, you know, you know, Steve Stamkos has been the face of that franchise ever since he got drafted, and uh, you know, some interesting moves by John Cooper in the playoffs at the end of the playoffs last year. In the end, uh, key situations where Stamkos wasn't on the ice. Uh, just find that odd. John Cooper is a coach. What's uh, uh, what's the fans' reaction to him? Is he? I mean, I, from a Toronto perspective, you know, we see a guy that took a team to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Uh, what's 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 your assessment of of John Cooper and 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 the media down there? Yeah, I think that that whole situation got a lot more play nationally than it did in Tampa. And look, I'll answer the question this way. If you look at ice time among forwards, if Steven Stamkos isn't leading all forwards in average ice time this year, he's a very, very close second. Uh, now, look, the Lightning have had a lot of injuries at forward, and that has necessitated maybe Stamkos playing a little bit more. At one point, I think he'd, he'd eclipse 20 minutes in 13 out of 14 games or something along those lines. Now the Lightning are starting to get healthy, and I think the ice time is leveling off a little bit. Um, you know, Stamkos has had a, a shift on penalty kill this year. So, you know, the whole ice time and what position is he playing? You know, I'm not sure that really, I'm not sure that that really uh, bothers John Cooper. I think he's coaching the game in the moment to, to give his team the best chance to win. And sometimes that means some guys play more, and sometimes that means some guys play. Not as much, but it doesn't mean that they don't play a lot. You know, I don't think there's ever been a game that I can remember in which Steven Stamkos didn't play a lot. I mean, sometimes he plays a little bit less, and sometimes he doesn't hit 20 minutes a night, but a lot of nights he does. Um, 
so again, you know, and Steve Eiserman addressed the whole position thing last night uh, in his interview, and, you know, I'll paraphrase, and he said, you know, he thinks it's a good thing. First of all, he feels that, you know, Stamkos is effective when he plays right wing, uh, even though his preference is to play center. And he took it as a compliment that, you know, John Cooper will use him at center or use him at right wing because uh, he knows that he can be effective at, at either position. So I'm not sure how much that uh, necessarily uh, affects the situation one way or the other. But again, uh, I'm looking from, from the outside in, <laughs> not the inside out in that regard. We've been talking to Dave uh, Mishkin, the radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Listen, Dave, we want to really thank you so much uh, for joining us at this ungodly hour. You're in Vancouver this morning, and it's pretty uh, That's okay. early, early you've out been, there. You've been after me, you've been after me for, for, for like a while. Months, and I'm like, wait till we get a Sunday on the road <laughs> before I spoke. I should have probably looked at the schedule, but it's okay. Yeah, well, we kind of on Eastern time, and I'm going to need to be back on Eastern time in a couple of days. Anyway, safe, safe travels, my friend, and uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. All right. Have a good show, guys. Thanks, David. That was uh, Dave Mishkin, the radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, the big story, the big story this morning, and we woke up, I was watching it last night, is, of course, that nasty, uh, ugly game last night in Cincinnati. And we're uh, pleased to join us, uh, of course, the NFL legend and uh, budding movie star, Joe Theismann. Good morning, Joe. (laughs) Good morning. How are you? Uh, we're doing fantastic. Listen, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we uh, we do want to talk a little bit about football first, but we will talk about your budding movie career before we let you go. Yeah, I have a um, next Saturday night at 9 o'clock on the Hallmark Channel. I did a movie called Love on the Sidelines. I was part of a movie, uh, Love on the Sidelines, with some wonderful, wonderful young actors, Emily Kinney, who you see in The Walking Dead, and a young man by the name of John Reardon, who plays my son, who oddly enough hurts his ankle and uh, he's a championship quarterback who hurts his ankle. And I have to fatherly walk him through the trials and tribulations of mentally staying in the game and not uh, giving up and thinking that everything is ended and it's over. But it was a lot of fun. We shot it out in Vancouver, which is one of my favorite cities and um, had a chance to uh, do a little bit more acting. Just came back from a critics dinner in LA night before last where uh, a lot of the Hallmark uh, Hallmark hosted it for a lot of our, of the people and uh, for a lot of the things that the projects that they have going on and it's just it was just fun to be a part of and uh, I'm looking forward to it next Saturday night as well as the playoffs Joe, uh, we've got to talk about last night's game, and I checked uh, I checked your Twitter account this morning. Of course, we're talking about the Bengals and the Steelers, and I checked your Twitter account uh, this morning, and the adjectives you used um, shortly after the game were disgraceful, a black eye for football, you can't fix stupid. Um, anything else you want to add to that, Joe? No, I think that pretty much covers it. <laughs> I mean, it was just uh, selfish, okay? I think that would have to be uncontrollable. Um, you know, just you guys, when I played football, we knew it was going to be a tough game, and we knew guys were going to do certain things. But in this day and age, I think players have a mentality that the other guys are going to respect the rules. I don't care how heated a rivalry you have. And there's as, as much as Cincinnati and Pittsburgh have a heated rivalry, certainly the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys had one that was equally as intense. But in this day and age, 
when you start trying to hurt and maim people and you're costing your football team an opportunity to advance, it is just flat right stupid and selfish. And I, it was really funny. When I was watching the beginning of the game, Jim Nance, who I think is fabulous, and Phil Sims were sitting there. And Phil made the statement. And he said, I hope the guys in this game don't do something. And he wouldn't say stupid. I don't know why Phil won't say stupid. But the fact of the matter is what Pac-Man Jones did, what Bickert did, it was just, it's just selfish, stupid football. You, you can't play a game like this out of control. That's, mm. why, that's why the Cincinnati Bengals have not won a playoff game. I, I've, got, I've got to say, Joe, I've, I've almost never seen anything like last night in a football game. I never have. It, it I was can like, honestly say I never have. And, and, I, and I, read, I, read, I read, I think the, uh, the most telling comment I saw, I think I read it from the guy who reports for Bleacher, um, the Bleacher Report. He said the game verged on the brink of anarchy. Uh, it was it was like it was like a hockey game from the 1980s. It was like you knew at some point in time you had coaches pulling the players' hair. You had coaches in the middle of the in the middle of the scrums in the middle of the field. I've never seen anything like it. I can't even. Uh, you know what? If there's less than five hundred thousand dollars in fines in this turn in this game, I would be shocked. That's the number I think that individuals deserve to be fined. I'm talking hundreds and thousands of dollars because the only way that you can get the attention of a professional athlete is to hit them in their pocketbook. You, you just hit them, in, hit, them hard, hit them hard in the pocketbook and let the Players Association try and defend those actions. Joe. I mean, it, was despic- it was an embarrassment to professional football. It's a game I love whether it's the Canadian game, whether it's the American game. It doesn't matter to me. It's a game I love and have tremendous respect for it. And with Odell Beckham doing what he did and waiting a week to apologize. What is, you know, I ask myself, what is wrong with these kids today that play this game? They're, you know, are you, you're a thug. Well, I, I don't you know. You are a thug. It's, it's just, it's embarrassing. It's the, embarrassing for the league. The hit on Antonio Brown was just vicious, and uh, it looked to me like he could have uh, prevented even even touching. I know, I know, it's uh, it's hard to tell on a replay how quick it is, and you've played the game at a very high level, obviously. But it seemed to me like he, it was a late hit, and uh, it was he had plenty of time to pull off. Okay, he had plenty of time to veer off, and, and, and instead he throws the flipper right into his head. But 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 look at the. Look at the way he acted prior to that. I I thought the officials did the best thing they could in controlling a riot. I mean, they really, the game became just a physical riot. And they tried, they tried so hard. But at that point of the game, when you're so, when you're at the end there, it's very difficult for an official to eject a guy. Probably would have been the proper thing. But unlike the Giant game and Carolina game, I thought the officials tried really, really hard to try and keep this thing under wraps. I mean, look at the beginning of the football game where you had the official police at the 50-yard line separating both gangs um, that wanted to probably get out right there. I mean, it was... was, 
that whole game was a spectacle. And what gets overshadowed is the toughness of Ben Roethlisberger and the stepping up to the plate of A.J. McCarron. Um, that was a, that was as physical a slugfest that we've ever, I've ever I've ever witnessed, and some of the dumbest things that I've seen guys do. Yeah, I'm not sure whether I feel sorry for Marvin Lewis, or if you want those kind of people on your football team, maybe that's what you get. I, I, I'm torn between the two, because as a coach, you can talk till you're blue in the face. As a teammate, you can talk till you're blue in the face to a guy that's out of control and really playing in another world. Where does Joe, where does that leave uh, Pittsburgh for next week? They're going to be probably missing Big Ben and uh, Maybe Antonio, Antonio Brown. because of the protocol. Yeah. Well, they were in trouble anyway. Joe, I mean, they, they just, their, their, second, their, their secondary has, is just not that good. You know, you go, you know, they barely got, they got into the playoffs because the Jets lost. Joe, I want to. I want to go back before. In, so. Yeah, Joe Theismann, uh, we're Before we leave last night's game, because we've got some games today we want to talk about, and one of them involves the Redskins. Before we leave yep. last night's game, it's a, it's something we talked about on the show last week when it came to hockey and discipline, and and the responsibility of a coach uh, for what happens on the field. And and Boomer Esiason talked about it after the game last night. I think he used as a former Bengal, he was embarrassed. Absolutely. Um, how much, how, how responsible, how responsible is a coach for what happened last night? Like, you, you, played, under Joe, you played under Joe Gibbs, right? See, I'm, I'm beginning to believe that we, we respected the game. This is, this is more than just the Cincinnati Bengals, and this is more than just uh, a game. Uh, you know, in, in the last month, we've seen actions by specific players that are dangerous. When you start when you start crossing the line into dangerous actions is when the league has to really step up. Now, I'm going to guess that the uh, Burbage, I think is the way he pronounces his name, yes. he's going to wind up with a suspension in the beginning of next year. He should. Um, you, you just can't have guys go headhunting. You know, you got to receive. You have truly a defenseless receiver, and you're just going to try and just take him out. And then how 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 dumb in all of this intensity it's going. Can Pac-Man Jones try and lay his hand on an official? They're looking for a reason to throw a flag to try and gain control. I listen. I I felt like I was as emotional as you could be when I played the game, but you have to control your emotions. If you want a chance to do anything in life, forget about the game of football. In life, there's a lot of things that aren't going to go your way in life. What are you going to do? Just go out and whack people? You're going to hit them in the head? You're going to um, grab um, officials or bosses? You're right. I think anarchy was pretty close to a term that, that may be applicable in this situation. Joe, this afternoon the uh, Redskins are playing Green Bay, and you finally been... we talk about something positive. Yeah, a positive, <laughs> yes. Kirk Cousins, you've been uh, complimenting him quite often in the past couple of years, and he finally is going to get his opportunity today. I have a feeling they're going to beat Green Bay. What's your thought? I think they can beat Green Bay. I think it's a good matchup for the Redskins. 
But you can't discount what Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing or Clay Matthews or Julius Peppers. I mean, you've got, you've got Hall of Famers that are playing on the other side of the ball, and you've got the Redskins team that has really come together through a lot of change. 18 guys on IR, eight starters on IR. Um, constant change over at the cornerback position. Signed Kerry Williams just this week to, to fill a roster spot at the corner position. But Kirk, when Kirk came out of Michigan State, I likened him to Andrew Luck. They were natural transitions from the college game that they played into professional football because he operates very well from the pocket. He's big enough. He's tall enough. He's got enough arm. He's accurate. He's smart. Um, that, that's a very comfortable place for him to work. And the job that Sean McVay has done, getting the ball out of his hand, was really masterful all year. And you could see Kirk grow. See, what people don't realize is during training camp, Robert Griffin III worked with the first team on one field. Kirk Cousins and Cole McCoy worked with the second team on another field. And it really wasn't until the first game of the season that Kirk actually got some time during that week to practice with the first team. So this year has been, you know, the first four games were like a training camp for him. And now all of a sudden you, you see how he's matured and grown in and, you know, won three out of four games on the road, uh, had a couple of major comebacks, could have had a couple of more. I think they probably would have brought him back against Dallas, probably would have brought him back against Atlanta, uh, did bring him back against Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. So it's... Um, I'm just delighted for him and seeing the way that he has grown into the position. And the guys really like him. I mean, you could see that when he came out, you know, when he made that statement. You like that? Um, when he made that statement, and I remember watching the interview after the game, and Chris Baker, one of our defensive linemen, came up and screamed the same thing. When you have teammates that want to participate in what you're doing, you know, you see it in baseball, guys getting pies in the face. That tells you a lot about the football team. That tells you how much they care about one another. Now, Joe, uh, there's uh, the situation in L.A. We have, we have to bring this up because Toronto is kind of involved in this, and there's been some rumblings this past week with uh, three teams, St. Louis, San Diego, and Oakland, and two going to L.A. and one relocating, and Toronto is on the head of the list with relocation. Also, London, England. Where do you see that situation going? I actually think London will get a franchise before Toronto. Um, I think the Canadian Football League is very fearful of the NFL coming into Canada, and rightfully so, and have been since I played there you know, 40-some years ago. Um, I'd love to see the Canadian game preserved uh, and, and continue to go forward with what they've done. I mean, you know, the Grey Cup this year, the Grey Cup last year, they were as exciting football games as you're going to see. And, um, and, I, and, and I think the NFL, if it got into Canada in that regard, um, especially with Buffalo so close, the, the Bills would fight it. Um, I think it's going to be the Rams, and I think it's going to be the San Diego Chargers moving into L.A. I do believe that Jacksonville will be the team that will move to London. They'll file probably for relocation if that happens at some point because their owner has interests in Europe. Um, I, it's going to be crazy if it happens, but that's how I see the future. With all the things that have transpired in football, I believe that Roger Goodell would want part of his legacy to be that he made football worldwide. That's, that, 
that I think is in the back of his mind. Because I used to travel with Roger all the time, and we did games in Tokyo, and in and in uh, Shanghai. Um, and so I know that you know he's a big advocate of the expansion of our game. But I think Oakland's going to be left holding the bag in this one. Uh, I'd be surprised if they put two AFC teams in into Los Angeles. Uh, Joe Thies. We'll know probably Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, Joe, uh, we're, of course, talking to Joe Theismann. Joe, uh, just a, a minute, a minute and a half left. Uh, we want to get your assessment. We're in the thick of the NFL playoffs. Uh, where, where do you see this going between now and uh, Super Bowl Sunday? Who can we expect uh, to see? Uh, I, I think you'll see. I think you'll see Denver and and uh, New England in the AFC Championship game. Um, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you know, I'd love to see the Redskins win today, then wind up playing Arizona, upset Arizona. I still think the Cardinals are probably a more complete team, the most complete team in the NFC. And uh, I think Carolina. But Carolina has shown susceptibility against Atlanta they did. They barely beat Indianapolis. They barely got by the Giants. Uh, So much of it is containing Cam Newton. If you contain that one individual, you have a chance to be able to do something. And that's a yeoman's task as it is. I'm looking at St. Louis and New England uh, in the Super Bowl. That's my prediction. Uh, Last question. Peyton Manning starting. Is that the correct decision? Yeah, and the fact that he got a chance to play a little bit of football last week was good for Gary Kubiak. I think Peyton's presence is more of an emotional lift than than anything else. They're limited on offense what they can do with him, but it doesn't matter. He's still Peyton Manning, and he finds a way to win. We've been talking to Joe Theismann, of course. Joe, uh, one last uh, plug for your for your movie, Love on the Sidelines, on the Hallmark Channel, is going coming up uh, next week. You uh, you play a prominent role in that movie, and uh, we're certainly going to be uh, be tuning in. And uh, is this your debut as a, as an actor, Joe? Oh, he's been in no, lots actually, of movies. I, I did the I did the critically acclaimed Cannonball too. That's oh, it. that's right. Huh? <laughs> I remember them all, Joe. How did I forget that one? Listen, Joe. It was my critically acclaimed debut. Actually, I did many years ago. I worked with George Raft. Um, And and what's really neat about this particular movie, I worked with George Raft was my first movie, The Man with Bogart's Face. I was his bodyguard. But the, um, I was a bodyguard for him. But most of the actors and actresses in this movie are Canadian. And uh, they're just fantastic. I mean, it was, what a great group of people to work with. What a, a, and, you know, Hallmark, basically, with all the crazy, nutty things that are going on in this world, the Hallmark Channel is a breath of fresh air. It's a feel-good place to go. Certainly, Joe. We're certainly going to be uh, looking for you on, on the screen, uh, Joe. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, and uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you. Good morning, and go Skins. Go Skins. Thanks. Joe, Joe Theismann, of course. Uh, thanks so much, Joe. That, of course, was... Uh, Argo legend and uh, some interesting comments on last night's um, uh, last night's histrionics or whatever you want to call them. Uh, uh, you know, Joe makes some good points. It's, yeah, he it's does. not. It's you know, I, I thought the point that he made better. Um, uh, the, the the point that I thought was really really on point. Um, sorry for the double uh, use of that word. Um, was that this is just not a Cincinnati Bengal problem? It's 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 almost like. You know, he's been saying it. It's respect for the game amongst the players, and it's not. It's not just about Marvin Lewis. It's about lots of different players on lots of different teams. And uh, his comment was, you know, they got to, these people have to respect the game, and and I think that that's what it comes down to. When you pull stunts like that, when you pull selfish acts in the last minute of a game, 
that cost your team the game, you're not respecting the game. And the other point he made, uh, I, I thought was, uh, you know, what got overshadowed in this was a remarkable, remarkable um, performance in the last minute by by a one-armed Ben Roethlisberger. That I mean, guy's amazing. He I mean, came it, from the a, dead. He came a, from the dead. <laughs> it's a real shame that people aren't talking more about him, yeah. and I'm sure they will over the course of the next couple of days. But he got hurt, and he was a one-armed guy. And he's, they've taken him off the field, and the Cincinnati fans are throwing water bottles at him. Talk about classless. You're throwing, you're throwing garbage at an injured player and a player of Ben's stature. You know, double, I think double Super Bowl winner, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, a guy who, you know. 34 comebacks. Yeah. Guy, a guy heart, heart the size of Pennsylvania. He comes in the last minute on one arm, and he takes his team to victory. Yeah, amazing you talk, The people are going to be talking about that 20 years from now, and that's gotten overshadowed in the midst of all this other garbage. What, what an absolute shame. Absolute shame. Anyways, uh, we'll be uh, right back after the break. We'd love to take your calls. Our numbers are, you can give us a call now. We'll take them during the break and have you on the air as soon as we come back. 416 I'll give you those numbers again. Please give us a call. We'd love to chat about anything sports on your mind. 416-360-0740. Take your calls. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... uh, Someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. 
The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We are going to take your calls now. We've got a few callers on the line. If you're holding... Please bear with us. We will try and get to you, but uh, the lines have been ringing off the hook this morning. Mike from Mincing, Ontario. What's on your mind this morning, Mike? Yeah, good morning, boys. How you doing, Naz? Good, Mike. How are you? Not bad. And Good morning, Wally. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you, Mike. What's on your mind this morning? Well, you, first of all, great show this morning. I love Joe Theismann. I'm old enough to remember Joe Theismann when he played for the Redskins and when he played for the Argos. There's nothing like a, a, a true insider's perspective on the game. And it's just funny that he used the word selfish today. And uh, me and a couple of my buddies that have been talking the last couple of weeks have been going over some of the selfish things that have been going on. Yeah, I, I'll just touch on yesterday's game. I watched the whole Bengal Steeler game. That perfect and uh, Pac-Man, I mean, those two basically, other than the fumble, okay, here or there, but they basically cost their team the game um that that beckham guy there's another guy and i'm just going to go back just just a couple of a couple of weeks ago back to the world canadian juniors uh, when canada was playing the Finns. um that vertanian kid took two selfish penalties at the end of the game um i never heard anybody say anything about that and it's the, basically the same kind of deal. Uh, what's wrong with these guys these days, boys? Mike, uh, we're going we're gonna to let you go. We've got some other callers on the line we'd like to get to. And, uh, Naz, I'm going to ask you to comment on that uh, selfishness yeah, of athletes. It, it, it has really uh, changed uh, in the years, for sure. They're more selfish now. But you know what? The, the pace of the game is a lot quicker now, too, in both hockey and football and everything else. You know, but, you know Naz, you know what uh, drives me crazy about watching, I mean, I, I understand, you know, you and I have played sports, obviously not at, at, at a level of that, but we, you know, we, we, we play enough sports in our day. And, and sports is a very emotional thing, and things happen in a game. But when you're down to the last two minutes of the game... It was the last you, 50 seconds. You know, like, when you're down, when the game's on the line, you got to get a hold of yourself. you got to get a hold of yourself. You know, get even the next game. You got a grudge against somebody? I'm not advocating you, you. You go out there and try and injure somebody, but if you if you want to take a clean shot at you know at somebody, you know wait for the wait for the next game. You got a game on the line. It's the NFL playoffs, man. Get a hold of yourself. Get a grip. Anyways, next caller, D General. How are you doing this morning, D General? 
Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, long time no talk, guys. How are you? D, I'm going to ask you to try and give it, give us the executive summary. I'd like to get some to some other calls. So what's uh, tell us what's talk, on your mind. I want to talk about the Leaf Meltdown, guys. Okay. Last night. Real uh, quick. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I don't know what's going on over there, but I think uh, i got to get a handle on this before it goes into a slide. What do you guys think? What happened? And uh, can they uh, can they bounce back? D, uh, Naz, I'll let you have a go at that yeah, one. Yeah, they're going to bounce back. They, they, they've played their third game in four nights, and they had a tough game against L.A., a real physical game. We'll see when they get back. I'm sure they'll regroup. Babcock won't let it uh, go down for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot. I mean, you got to remember, it's an 82-game season. Um, these things these things are going to happen. It, you know, you're going to have mental letdowns, and it's the, at the end of a of a tough road swing. Uh I think they're going to bounce back, but the, the question is, how much do we want them to bounce back? That that's that's the real issue. I mean, one thing I know about this 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 uh, edition of the Toronto Maple Leafs—they're complete professionals. Babcock, you talk about leadership. You There's talk about leadership yeah. and leadership from behind the bench, which may have been lacking last night. You know, Mike Babcock. Oh my God, lacking he, in the football game. Yeah, know. in the football game. Uh, sorry, uh, Mike Babcock would not tolerate this kind of behavior from any of his players. You won't see that from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Anyways, Kevin from Buffalo, what's on your mind? Ha- Long time we haven't heard from you, Kevin. How's it going? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year to your fine staff, and once again, an outstanding show. And Mr. Theisman, he summed up the football completely. And I'll sort of go on to a topic today beside the football, Evander Kane and the Sabres going into Winnipeg. And sort of an interesting story because Evander Kane here in Buffalo, he's been playing well. He hasn't been scoring a lot of goals, though, but he's playing very well. And just to briefly mention with him going back to Winnipeg, Sort of an important game for the Jets, and once again, a spotlight, a lot could possibly happen in this game. Great show as always, and have a nice week, men. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, Balsma has done a really good job with him. Uh, Evander Kane has kept out of the out of trouble so far. I'm not sure that's going to continue for the rest of his career, but uh, should be a good game. Kevin, uh, Kevin from Buffalo, thanks so much for calling. One more call, real quick call. Victor from Etobicoke, how are you doing this morning, Victor? Hi, good morning, guys. Good morning, Victor. I'm going to have to forewarn you. We can only give you about 45 seconds, and we're going to get cut off the air. Quick comment, please. Yeah, I want to talk about last year's series with the Jays. I know this is going to sound strange, but uh, I think there was a fix. Now, I say why. The umpires was, was into the fix. Uh, I think Price threw those two games, and I think that's why Price didn't sign back with the okay. Jays this year. Victor, and I'm going to have to. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut you off right there. We've run out of time, and uh, we'll respond very quickly. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I can't agree with that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I mean, there were some. Contra- the- with all due respect, with, with, with Victor, there were some controversial calls. And uh, but that happens in sports. A, I, I'm not a conspiracy that's guy. That's another. That's another subject for another show. We can talk about soccer fixing. So oh, there well, is there no, is sports. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah. There is sports that yeah. are fixed, and, they, and don't <laughs> say it agree. couldn't happen. No, 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 it no. Probably I, didn't. I, uh, don't say it couldn't happen uh, because I'll, you never I'll respe- know. I'll respect Victor for his comments, but uh, was the Jays was the Jays series against the nah. the Royals fixed? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, there, uh, there's there's controversial calls in any sporting event, and that's just the way. 
uh, but we're not the way it goes. It we're Anyways, not saying it couldn't be. Uh, we're getting the uh, we're getting the signal again. Unfortunately, we have to go, Naz. Naz, thanks again for this morning. Oh, it's uh, good. Good to see you with your Toronto Maple Leaf jersey on this morning. Uh, yeah. Dion Phaneuf. No, no. <laughs> Anyways, we want to wish our listeners a uh, a fantastic week, and we will be back again here again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.